0: You're listening to the Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. of Tri. This is episode 42. Phil Rockner paddling the canoe alongside my old mate and uh, someone who is known as the Mr. Nice Guy of triathlon, Kevin McKinnon. Kevin, howdy doody.
1: I am good. I'm not sure. I feel like I've got a lot of people who been, have been annoyed at me over the last couple of years. So I'm not sure how that nice guy of triathlon thing is working out, but... <laughs> Maybe I'm uh, maybe I've been hanging out with you too long.
0: (laughs) Do you know when we used to do back in the day? Yes. We used to do a a podcast with um, first off the bike and the opening, um, the opening probably 10 minutes was who did you piss off this week? (laughs) (laughs) And there was me and and Timmy B who was the editor at the time, super good triathlon rider and Doc Anderson. And the list, my friend, was uh phew,
1: big, it was big. There you go. So maybe, uh, maybe I'm on the right track then. So.
0: Well, you're doing well, mate. You have never got people sort of screaming for your blood on Twitter like we used to have on the regular, uh, but that's okay. That's all right. We uh, we like to have opinions here. Um, hasn't not much has changed. Uh, a lot going on in the world of triathlon. But before we get there, now you know I'm a man who likes many things, Kevin.
1: Oh no. <laughs> Oh God. what what on earth could be wrong now? Like, have you not figured out the uh the dual uh, climate controls no, 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 in your no, car? No, no. The other we day I was happen-
0: driving. The other day I was driving and I just glanced over and said, My side's hotter than yours. But let's move on. Um pff, sequels for films that should never have had them. How,
1: I'm sorry, how what does that got to do with triathlon again? Uh,
0: listen, people don't want to just get straight into the triathlon. They want to hear some crap first and hear some Grade A crap. Uh, Top Gun 2. Wow. Wow. That's all I can say. Uh, not I know a lot of eyeballs on it. I think more out of interest and nostalgia than going to see quality cinema, though. That's just what I'm going to say to you there.
1: Haven't seen it. Um, I don't think I will convince my wife to get into a movie theater for a long time. So, uh, yeah, I've i got to wait for that one to to uh, be available for a rental. So I won't be seeing it for a bit.
0: No, Kevin's so. going to wait till he gets it on VHS and then he's going to walk down to his local blockbuster and nail it. <laughs> Nab <Nabbit.
1: laughs> um, Hey, I still have mini disc players downstairs. <laughs> of course to you use do. Use them for announcing. Of course you do. Don't have a VHS player though. I do not have one of those. I've got a Scott oh. Tinley,
0: um, an interview with Scott Tinley. That was freaking hilarious that I've got a, um, Still on mini disc. I reckon somewhere stashed around here somewhere.
1: Actually, you know what? I do have a VHS player attached to an old television downstairs. Stop it. So I do still have one. That's so good.
0: That's so good. Um and other things that shouldn't have been made sequels while I'm on it, right? Uh Anchor Man should never have had a sequel. Uh neither should uh Dumb and Dumber should never have had a sequel. Once you reach comedic perfection, you stop, Kevin. You stop. You know, it's like when we used to do Carbo Nights back in the day, and this is a true story, and you'd get up and there'll be the thousand people in a big tent. They used to do this all the time in Australia. I'm pretty sure it was a common thing worldwide. And you do the Carbo Night and you get up and you do your show. Like, And so a lot of the time I would host these things. And as I was going up on stage, uh, generally Shane Smith, who most Aussie triathletes would know, uh, a wonderful human, uh, as I was walking up on stage, he'd look at me and go, hey, Phil, don't fuck this up. Anyway... The reason I'm telling you this story, Kevin, is that when you made a joke like that, you just like, and if you cracked up a room full of a thousand people, not being a professional comedian, stop. That's a victory. Move away. Don't make any more jokes. There's a tip for you.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I will never forget, uh, when, when you guys were doing the Western Australia oh. banquet and you got on the roll about the sharks <laughs> And I I just was sitting in the room going, you know what, Phil? Time to move on from this one. And you wouldn't let it go. And I'm like, all these folks have to get into that water. And all they're going to be thinking about on race morning is one thing. Um, (laughs) The old man in the gray suits.
0: Do you know the funniest thing was they they told us not to talk about, about it. The following year we went back and they're like, righto, sharks? No, nothing. Because, unfortunately, there had been a number of shark attacks. And there's that famous one, uh, of course, with the pro surfer Mick Fanning. And he got his leg rope bitten in half and nearly his head bitten in half. And uh, Julian Wilson was out in the heat with him. Uh, I mean, ridiculously brave effort to paddle over to that incident. And, And on the TV footage... You see a big fin and then you see a wave coming in and Mick and the shark disappear behind the wave. And you sit there waiting for this freaking wave to break and you're like, what am I going to see when that wave breaks? Fortunately, Mick lived to fight another day and is still tearing it up. But yeah, um, (laughs) those jokes at Carbo night, especially at the pier, because the the old um, Western Australian Ironman uh, swim course, as you know, Kevin, used to swim around the jetty. Which is one point. Yeah, they don't do do that anymore. No, they do not. They swim inside the confine. I think I think they swim inside it. So you used to have to swim right around it. It's one point six k's long, which means you had to swim right around
1: the outside. You're one kilometer offshore. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so the the year that I went down there, I got to go in um, the shark spotting helicopter just before the race. Oh,
0: good god!
1: And um, and uh, it was so funny because I'm I'm looking down going. Uh, that's a shark right there, and the guy says, "Oh yeah, no, that's okay. That's just a whale shark. They're fine." <laughs> I'm like, that, "That thing is huge! Like that'll that'll have three or four triathletes for breakfast." And he was like, "Oh no, won't even go near them. We're good."
0: Yeah, I mean, just you know, great <laughs> Smith. There was a Canadian guy one year, um, who. I reckon he came all the way down from your neck of the woods without a wetsuit. And he missed the cutoff, 2.15. He missed it by probably two minutes. 2.20? Yeah, or 2.20. He's just over. He was just over by a couple of minutes. Jeez, what a poor bugger he was, my God. And at the awards dinner, they gave him a wetsuit and said, dude, you know, maybe next time (laughs) get involved in this one. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh my goodness yeah because that water's not super warm I don't I don't think
0: no it's not and it's it's even guys like Pete Jacobs and, and that who was super swimmers even um Kai Hurst who was a known surf lifesaver uh as, and tremendously good swimmer um even he found it challenging going around on some of those really rough days and and like I said when you're 1600 meters offshore because you know dudes I used to swim with we used to go and do a warm-up swim on the Thursday and just, you know, swim around there or swim out there. And he used to hide behind the pylons of the jetty and swim out and grab you. That was his gag. That was his thing. Uh, Asshole.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, somebody did. So when I went in there, uh, somebody did that to me, came up and grabbed me underneath. I honestly cannot believe I didn't have a heart attack. <laughs> like I, I just like, – because all I'd heard about was all these sharks and yeah. – you know, people throwing stuff off the end of the jetty. That jetty was unreal. I think it was the largest uh, wooden jetty in the world or something. Yeah, Southern um,
0: Hemisphere. Yeah, and um, it has a train. It's that long that runs out to the end of it. So, you know, you, you are out there. But when they moved the race to Cairns up to Yorkies Knob, they um, the locals were all astounded that we were doing a triathlon. The first time it went up there, it was a challenge race, and then it flicked over to an Ironman. And the first year we went up there for challenge – and they were astounded. We were swimming there. They're going, what the hell are you guys doing? There are, you know, um, snapping handbags everywhere. And saltwater crocodiles.
1: Snapping handbags. And... <laughs> <laughs> that is the best snapping handbag. Well, they like weren't even one. worried
0: about the sharks. They like, they're about the sharks, boys. The crocodiles are going to eat you. What the hell are you doing? It was crazy. And, on the day before, we went on a boat ride up there and just saw all the slides. You know where they actually into the water. No good, mate. No good. Hmm.
1: All right. So now that we have scared all of our all three of our listeners away from ever <laughs> getting into the water again. Hey,
0: but sure, come down to Australia and come for a swim course. with me. I'll show you a good place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So lots happening in the world of triathlon. Let's flick over. First of all, let's just before we get into the the big news is obviously the sub seven stuff. and We'll get to that in a minute, but, uh, Macca is at it again. So he's, he's got his, um, his super league race all set up and he's got, um, it's going to be again, five races in September and October. Right. Which I love it because again, so last, last,
1: year, year, last year it was four, right? So yeah. he's, they're extending it by one. And what's interesting to me, um, like And you talked about this a lot. What was perfect last year was it was four weekends in a row. They had everyone signed up for the month of September. Yeah. Now they've got like, I'm just sort of wondering for scheduling for all these people. They now have five events that, you know, start September 4th and go all the way to October 29th. Um, and also perilously close to, I think isn't, um, isn't St. George the 70.3 worlds like, on the 27th and 28th or something of October. Like
0: they they, they don't care. Like they're not, they're they're not aiming. I mean, yeah. And obviously Kona and it's, you know, high season at the end and, but they're, they're going to London and they're going to Munich and Malibu, et cetera. And you know, they've linked in with the Malibu triathlon, which is obviously a big deal. Um, But here's the thing, right? Like they're offering user experience now. So you can buy um, and vote on the kit that they wear you can vote on team decisions, like you know what athlete are they drafting, who takes to get who gets the short shoot, um, and you can actually um, buy yourself into um, one of the teams of cheetahs, the sharks, the eagles, the rhinos, or the scorps. I'm a cheetah man, go cheetahs! Uh, you know, and you know all the other things that go with it, like you know I don't know VIP status and all the other stuff. So everything's for sale in this event. And I, I got to tell you, I've, he hit it out of the park last year, Kevin, it's looking pretty good for this year as well.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly felt like the racing and, and, I guess I'm, I am just not the target audience. Like, you know, I, I could care less about voting on the different teams and stuff. So, um, you know, that, that kind of thing just doesn't appeal to me in any way, shape or form, but, I guess it does for a lot of people,
0: but it's it, the, the beauty about it is it runs for that consecutive period. It's, it is as close to PGA or uh, a ball sport like baseball or basketball or football or whatever your thing is, because it's week on week on week. It's not, Hey, we're going to race and then come back in six months later and all get together and have another Ironman. It's not that They're, they're, they're capturing the entertainment market. That's the whole goal of this thing. Um,
1: yeah, I totally see there. Um, and yeah, they've got three weekends in a row it looks like, and then a little bit of a break, which I think is the right move too, because, um, you know, this is the difference between triathlon and you know football or, um, you know, baseball or all hockey, these other sports, like you, you just can't do four and five weekends in a row. Um, and so they get a little bit of a break until october 2nd uh where they're going to toulouse france and then but this grand finale october 29th it just i don't know it's always mind boggling to me when at this point they're making the announcement and the venue is still to be announced <laughs> um, like,
0: that's how, that's that's how they roll right like they just i look again what they're trying to where else can you do or have interactions with athletes you can't you can stand on the side of the road in any other triathlon and watch but you can't actually interact with them you can't buy experiences they're just opening up to again they're trying to create a fan base they're trying to create loyalty and a culture around that as well and i think that's the that's the thing like have you ever seen anyone walking around with a um yarn t-shirt at ironman never you've never seen a, a a lucy charles flag at a race you're not seeing that you're never seeing that it doesn't work like that you are you most age groupers watch the pros because they're there, not because they're following the race series. They're not going to watch Roland Garros. They're not going to watch a PGA event. They're just there because they're watching Mate's race and pros happen to be there at the same venue.
1: Yeah, no, I I hear you there. I would argue that when you walk around Kona, you see lots of um lots of s- Stuff that was geared. So I still remember the swim bike Frodo or swim Frodo yeah, run or whatever. Out. That
0: was uh, swag. Uh, they was giving them out. You know
1: that was yeah. You know it's not. I, I your thing. Um, but and so I guess what I'm wondering is is Super League just doing it better because I'm hearing almost exactly the same thing from uh, Clash. You know who are hey you come and interact with the pros at at, at the. Um, at the racetracks, the NASCAR racetracks. And then isn't this the PTO's stick? Like, come and race with the pros at the Canadian Open, the US Open, the Collins Cup. Um, so it, it's just, has Super League just, are, are they just doing this better, I guess is my question.
0: Well, I, don't, I think they do it well. Um, but they they also understand their market as well. You know, they know they're not going to capture everything but they are like i said they're trying to build that brand loyalty based on teams they people understand teams people understand scoreboards teams and weekly weekly involvement or bi-weekly involvement they don't you know and and that would allow them i would have thought to try and pick up people who are not so enamored with the sport but just like things that move quickly um yeah and 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 whereas you and i look at it and i look at it and and again I, i see it for what it is i know it's not it's not anything i would I wouldn't be spending money on that, but he doesn't want me to spend money. He's not searching for me, right? He, I'm not his demographic. You know, grumpy dude who sits in uh, in a box yeah. talking about this stuff. You know, with his with his with his trusted sidekick from Canada. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the sidekick. I would have thought. There's no doubt. <laughs> but that's what he's searching for. And again, he's going to get people like uh, you know Alex Yee and that whole short. Um, you know, Vincent Louis and those guys, I would have thought are all going to... Because they're not going to Kona. They're not going to the Worlds. They're all sort of starting to focus again on the Olympics. So this is a tune-up for them. You know, this is opportunity for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, opportunity. To, and the the thing is, it's a great opportunity for them to, uh, to make some money and stuff. Well, because um, if you
0: look at it, though, Kevin, if you're a contracted athlete, right, who's going to win the 70.3 Worlds this year? Someone from Norway. Who's going to win... <laughs> Who's going to win Kona? Someone from Norway. So why the fuck would you bother? Like if you're a pro, you go, okay, I can get signed for a five race deal. I've got, you know, I mean, Alex Ye took took a what he grabbed 120k last year, right? And yeah. he was and but the 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 women took more. I think like Georgia Taylor Brown went 150 or something like that. Right? so, I know what I'd rather do: go get my ass kicked at Ironman 70.3 Worlds or run a four or five race series and have the opportunity to pick up some prize money, but also build some loyalty with the brand as well. And maybe get some exposure. Cause I'm pretty sure they get a few eyes on this as well. Um,
1: well, and so this was going to be my next question uh, to you is, do you think they're actually at a point where they're making money from this or are they still dependent on, um, you know, a Russian billionaire to yeah. help them along?
0: Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? I I reckon oh, it's hard to say. I think they've got runway for another couple of years. I know. I think that's the way it works, which means they've got funding. But yeah, it, it it's like everything. It it's gonna. It, it's not built to get people in stadiums either. I would have thought it's built for, um, you know, for an online presence as well. And if you've got online eyeballs on it, then you can command more in terms of sponsorship and things like that. Um, and if you've got, you know, I mean, if you had 20 K, do you reckon that they could find four people in the world with 20 grand to hang out with these teams? You know, maybe, maybe there's, there's there's one, two, what, there's five teams. So maybe they've got, you know, that's an extra hundred K that kicks out, that kicks out prize money, you know, or it pays for something or it does something more or it builds the loyalty on it. And I don't know, I guess that I don't think he's going to die wondering. Macca and his crew. I don't think they're going to, and and last year's show was, I think we all agreed was a really good one.
1: Absolutely. They do a great job with the online stuff. If I guess where I'm coming from is if any, uh, out of all of the groups that we're seeing out there, um, these guys, as you say, seem to be dialed in um, pretty well with that, with that fan experience and, and, um, the online uh, experience, et cetera, et cetera. So, if they're not able to make money at it, then the sport, or I don't know if the sport's in trouble, but that that the the model is to be questioned. So, yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching this. I think, um, yeah, I think they're doing a great job. I just again come back to, I just hope it's sustainable. Yeah, because really great. do it's, it's great
0: what I th- yeah and I agree and I think but what I think you nailed it with is the the um the clash with and I'm I'm talking about clashing as in dates because as you said it's a the back end of the year you look at a lot of different things going into the Olympics as well with world triathlon have got the end of their season 70.3 worlds PTO's jammed at an event you know put something on in north america as well um in texas it, there's a lot going on so Athletes. Absolutely, and,
1: and you've got, uh, so even Gustav Eden, like when he had to pull out of St. George was yeah. kind of going, I, I had no plans on going to, um, Kona because at that point I want to start finding world triathlon events where I can get points to get myself to Paris. Yeah. Um, and so, but the nice thing for these guys doing super league triathlon is they're still going to be able to um, hit, I think the big one at, towards the end of the year in November is, um, is it Dubai uh, or Abu Dhabi? Um, uh, you know, there's a big W World Triathlon event there yeah. that they all want to get to. Um, and so this isn't going to, you know, this just feeds right in for that for all of the uh, World Triathlon folks. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, exactly. It's, so yeah, I, I think this a great series
1: of them. Um, PTO is trying to cater to the long distance athletes and and try and help them make a living at it all Um, Ironman's just doing its thing making money Um, Well, and
0: here's where it all falls over again right because there's not one governing body it's a a mismatch and again you spread athletes too thin you get a shit product it's as simple as that right you don't you just don't get uh, a positive outcome when you've got X amount of athletes who are, as we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, uh, Category 1 pros, there's only so many of those. Go to all those races. And then what you're going to have is a range of Cat 2 efforts going around. Um, and it doesn't work because there's too many events on. They can't target everything. So, you know, whichever series or race event gets in first, and I think, you know, you can imagine Mac are going pretty hard on some of the contracts, et cetera, because that's how he is. Um, you know, it's going to be, um, you know, first in probably best, uh, best attended in this one. Um, but you know, as you said, the time will tell, but it's at least we are talking about one thing we're talking about racing after the COVID, and we are talking about, um, more races and more money and opportunity for, you know, for the young pros.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hey, th- this is. I really feel like this is a golden era for the pro triathlete, uh, right now. Um, and, and I think, you know, we, we kind of saw this at the championship where there are a bunch of, um, folks who might normally have stuck out with the world triathlon scene and stuck with their, um, their federations and, and played that, that short course game longer and now are kind of saying, you know what? There's there's a ton. Of, there's not a ton of money. There is money to be made um, at some of these long, longer distance races. I might as well jump in now. So rather than you know be heading off to Arzacena, um or is it Arzachena? I have no idea how I'm supposed to pronounce that. <laughs> um, and coming you know 25th, yeah. I'm going to scoot off to um, St. Poulton, or the Championship in Samarin or Ah, uh, seventy point three kryschow, and uh, and be able to make make some money um, at those events, and so yeah, like I, it, it's getting nutty competitive in that seventy point three world, um, which will eventually you know make it even more competitive in the Ironman world, and I, I just feel like we're starting to see a bunch of athletes come on in. We don't know who they are, but they're really good athletes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I, so I we don't know who they are. They, they're not these, you know, sort of names we're super familiar with because they're they're just coming on in. But there's a pile of them, and they're very talented, and uh, it's going to make for some exciting racing.
0: Yeah, it will be good. Um, one thing that's one event that he's suffering, you can't deny it, is the sub seven, sub eight. Carry on. Um, That race is, well, that event, I'm not even going to call it a race. That event is, um, it's being smashed like a pinata right now. Uh, It started out with some very, obviously, you know, high-end pro, and I'm not saying the replacements are, but, you know, you're looking at people like Brownlee, uh, Lucy Charles was there. um, And all of a sudden it's, for mine, it's kind of just fallen over a little bit. The Olympic gold medalist, um, Alistair Brownlee, of course, pulled out this week and was replaced by Joe Skipper. Um, and we had Lucy Charles being withdrawn as well. And she's going to get um, replaced with Kat uh, Matthews. So it kind of lost a bit of shine for me when that happened. Now, not that I think that those, anybody replacing those athletes is going to suffer by comparison. Has it lost it for you or are you still sort of where you're sitting on this?
1: Yeah. So I, I really have struggled back and forth with the whole mm. sub seven, sub eight um, idea. I I think it's just a ton of fun. I think it's, it's really cool to just get out there and, and see what people can do. I just always go back and compare it to the sub two effort that Nike did. Um, the, the thing is that it's rolling in without the same kind of money behind it. that Nike had for that sub two thing. Right. So it's always suffered a bit on the, on the marketing end of things, but that marketing was a lot easier when you had Lucy Charles and Alistair Brownlee in the mix. Right. Um, while Alistair is not a, a huge social media presence and stuff, Lucy. Lucy, I, you know, I would argue is possibly the biggest name in the, in the sport, um, on that front. And so, you know, to me, losing Lucy Charles was a big blow, uh, for that whole effort. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it's, it was the whole competition thing, which I never saw Like to me, it's just, Hey, can somebody go sub seven? Which I think is quite possible. Um, when you get you get to draft behind eight people or whatever on the bike, um, the uh, I, I've never, you know, am I really hyped up to see if Christian Blumenfeld can beat Joe Skipper? Yeah, um, <laughs> not as much as I was <laughs> to imagine. <laughs> That's Kevin that being mean out. right there, everybody. <laughs> What's that?
0: That's Kevin being mean. That's a Canadian being mean right there. it's going to be shit. It's just the air's gone out of it. It's just, Oh my God. You're being so lovely talking about it, but I agree, man, the air's gone out of this, right? Because there's no bike rules. You know, you're not like there's the drafting teams and I don't know, like it's all, it says no, it has no bearing on the sport of triathlon. It really doesn't. And you know, the fastest ever race no one has a clue about because no course ever got verified. So you're guessing <clears throat> at best. You're guessing. Um, I think, um, but I agree with you, man. I, I, you take those big guns out and all of a sudden it feels a bit empty, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really feel for them and, and I'm with you. I, well, like Kat Matthews on fire. Um, you know, she's, uh, I, I got to watch her race, um, in uh, Lanzarote seventy point three, and then again in uh, Saint George, and yeah, she is she is motoring along really well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how she fares. And um, Nicola Spirig is. What's so funny to me is out of the in the previous lineup she was possibly the least known name. And, you know, you kind of go, this woman is unfreaking believable. Like yeah. she, she's, I, I think she's won practically a- almost every 70.3. She's done bar uh, two or three. And one of those was just recently as she was coming back from a, a broken shoulder. Um, she is a, a force of nature. Um, you know, she's one, she won Olympic gold and, and and I think she was you know a few weeks pregnant at the time. Um, I think she was a few weeks pregnant when she came uh, second at the uh, in in Rio. Um, so you know, three kids and a lawyer, and still manages to do all this stuff. Like she's just a, a force of nature, and so um, I think it actually it'll be fun to or really fun to see how she goes. Through all of this, and and I've I think I've always said I don't know if I've said it here, but said it to everyone else, the women go on sub eight to me is much more attainable than the men go on sub seven, um, because you know it's only nineteen minutes that they have to drop from Chrissy Wellington's record. Yeah. So yeah, and, um, and
0: it's going to get done because of the um, the drafting in the bike and things like that. I think too, but it's there's been. I I think there's been a lot of talk around, you know, the, I don't think anyone's talking about the athletes, right? So Joe Skipper and all that, they're all world-class, right? They're all very, very good. And they're all, you know, in my top shelf of, of athlete, I'm not talking about, I think the concept, I think the concept is more removed from triathlon than the sub two was removed from marathon is is my thought because, you know, and, and it's not, but I don't think it was ever designed to be set up like a race. I don't think they ever, they ever designed the sub seven. They just said, if, can we move someone through water, through road on a bike and through running? Um, I, I don't think they said, Hey, let's simulate it. Whereas the marathon, the sub two seemed to, I know they had paces and stuff, but it seemed more, um, more in tune with a marathon race. Is that fair?
1: Well, I, I think a lot of that is just the the difference in advantage of drafting. Right. So um, people, you know, kind of, when you've got pacers for running, you see that all the time yeah. in track events and, and running events and you kind of go, Oh, that's not taken away. Whereas on the bike, when people are drafting, it is night and day different. Um, it, you know, it's such a, well, 38 to 40% it can, can be the advantage. Uh, whereas running it's, you know, 12 to 14% at the high end. So, um, which is still a huge advantage, but not the same as on the bike. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, it really does change the dynamic. I guess for me, I just, I don't want it to be a race. This, this is what, you know, my, my, mean comment to me, it should just be Joe Skipper and Christian Blumenfeld kind of saying, Hey, one of us needs to go sub seven. Yeah. And so like, let's, you know, let's just get out there and, and uh, you know, have our little groups and if somebody you know, gets a flat, if something fa- doesn't have a great day, Then get out there and cheer for the other guy. Um, As opposed to it being a race, like, because this isn't a race to me. This is just like a demonstration.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's not, it's not, it it is so removed from triathlon, um, from an actual race. You're right. But again, is it something to watch or look at? I mean, I'm not watching it, but I'll take a bit of a look. I would have thought it's something. Um, I'm not going to.
1: I'm the other way. I, I can envision a lot of people watching just to. To see how it all all plays out. Yeah, I get uh, it too.
0: I get it. I think they um I think people are uh generally curious. And, and if you're generally cu- curious, that's what pe- that's what they probably shot for. They're Not sure, yeah. you know, they know. I mean, there's a lot more smarter people in the room than me making these decisions about these events. And they're probably pitching it at that, you know, yeah, we know it's not a triathlon, but hey, let's give it a swing anyway.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I'm really looking forward to it, to uh, watching this, just to, I'm just kind of dying to see how the pacing works out because, you know, triathletes other than the ITU guys. So this is, again, where Alistair Brownlee and Nicola, um, Nicola will have the advantage because she's still racing, but Alistair would have been, you know, in my mind, a little more comfortable with that whole pack idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, because that's you know these guys aren't. Or I guess uh, Christian uh, does had obviously just won the Olympics, so he, he should be comfortable on that front too. But um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, triathletes for the most part aren't the best pack riders. So
0: no, they're rubbish.
1: Are they, are they going to get all of the advantage that they could?
0: Yeah. Look again. I mean, it's the fact that we're talking about it means that someone in marketing and their sub-seven, sub-eight has done their job. Yeah. So, you know, I guess, yeah, well played. Well played. Um, I'm, funnily enough, not a huge lover of um, the way the Olympics is, how athletes get to the Olympics. So... While I like, the, I've always said this that the World Triathlon have the best product on the market. They have the best, without a doubt. They have the best athletes. They have a nice circular courses. They have good coverage, and they have a good setup. I've always said that. Uh, that aside, it's not a dig at World Triathlon, but I just, I, I does not matter? Like, I mean, all the qualifying, and it just, it just seems right now that the next couple of years is going to be, we're going to be seeing all this again. I just, yeah, I it seems very convoluted is what I'm trying to say. Uh, is it just easier to say that you, every country gets two people and however you get those two people is up to that individual federation off you go, or is that too many people in a race or is that just too simplistic?
1: Well, so for me, um, my big issue is that World will I, I agree. They, they have a great product um, and, uh, you know, the TV coverage and the athletes that they got and everything. But for me, the the big issue is they handed everything over to the federations. And so athletes become, um, they become uh, dependent on the federation to be able to enter a race, to be able to uh, get to all of these qualifying things and ultimately to be picked for these races. And so the federations have so much control over the athletes, and that you know sometimes works out really well. Like, hey, if you're from Norway and you're part of that men's crew, life is pretty good. Uh, but you know, with all of the stuff that we saw in Canada um, over the last year, last couple of years, and you know, there's been some huge changes within Triathlon Canada over the last um, eight eight months. Um, with the selections and and all of that stuff, um, which are just purely due to that format, and um, you know, I know why they do it. They're trying to um, make sure that athletes end up at the Olympics from all the different countries and um, everything. But it's just that that whole power thing is is not good. Like it absolutely should be much more based on. Um, athletes have a ranking, and it doesn't—you know—they are the ones who control which races they go to and and all of that stuff. So,
0: because you know, too, though, right? Like, you know, with you know, when you look at the swimming and things like that, and Australian swimming team obviously is a, a super um, powerful outfit, world record holders everywhere. They just say to you, right? You know, for example, be February 8th, the nationals. Be ready, February 8th. And if you're ready February 9 or 10, well, it's just tough shit. February 8 is where you should be. Roll up, go. Because athletes yeah. understand scoreboards. Athletes don't understand discretionary picks. They don't understand qualification and things like I mean, I'm being very simplistic here, of course, but it's a lot easier, isn't it, just to go, you know what? If we've got two spots, let's all go down to bloody Coffs Harbour or we'll all go down to, you know, Nepean or one of those really big, cool old races. Um, that used to run and just go, hey, let's just have a hit out. And whoever comes in first takes the spot like they do in swimming. It's just, there it is, man. Like here it is. If you peak on that day and if you race beautifully on that day, then you get the spot like you have to do in an Olympics. You have to peak. For two hours every four years to win a to win an Olympic gold medal in triathlon.
1: Yes, absolutely, and uh, couldn't couldn't agree more. And what? I understand. I I so couldn't agree more. I do understand the complications, yes, right? I do. So, yeah. um, so you know, hey, we want you to we want to do our selection at the national championships in at the end of June. Uh, but the Olympics are at the end of August, and so we're asking you to peak twice, which isn't the ideal scenario. Um, so, you know, I, I get all of that stuff, and then also, of course, there's the complication of um, you, you could have um, you could um, have all of these athletes, or you could have somebody come up big on the day but they don't have enough qualifying points to be allowed to race. Like you have to be, I think in the top hundred or top 120 in the, um, world triathlon rankings to be eligible to go to the Olympics. So there are those complicating factors I get, but yes, there needs to be much more of a, you know, this stuff is, is set in stone. Now, a lot of these federations will argue, oh yeah, we already have that. Um, but you know, the qualification document for triathlon Canada for all of these teams is like 20 pages long. Yeah, It goes through all of these and, and it's just insanity. Yeah, You know? Um, uh, so yeah, we, we had Emily Kretz not eligible to race at the Commonwealth games one year because her one transition time was four tenths of a second too slow at, at the world world So You kind of go, are you like, are you kidding me? What on earth is this all about? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yes, uh, I, I get all of the complicating factors, but to me the first step is uh, for world triathlon to take the federations out of that controlling position. Uh, but that's not in their best interest, right? Because they want, they want the federations to be you know, strong and powerful to support them as a federation. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, and tough. this is why, this is why, you know, so many of us like back in the dark ages, when I got into triathlon, I loved it because I got to just go do my race. I didn't have to worry about getting entered by my club or my federation or, or any of that stuff. It was just, you know, sign up and go. Yeah. Um, And then it wasn't too long after that, that all of a sudden, you know, we started to get more of that infrastructure in place. And the upside of that is you get into the Olympics. The downside is you start to get all of the, some of these politics that makes life complicated.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we saw what happened with triathlon Australia after the last Olympics too, where, um, uh, Oh, her name's escaping. me. Help me out here. Um, Oh,
1: uh, it was it's one of the Emmas, yeah, is it? Carney, sorry,
0: uh, Emma Carney, sorry. Name completely yeah. escaped me. Yeah, she's still smashing them on Twitter and social media and stuff. She's still upset. So, um, yeah, clearly it's hit a chord with a number of people. And I think Triathlon Australia, more than any other federation, has had its fair share of controversy uh, through this process. And no doubt there would be many uh, coaches in that system who could talk to this as being not the greatest setup? But uh, we are got what we've got, and the whole qualification thing starts to swing around, which we did see the start of that uh, this weekend. When, funnily enough, Johnny Brownlee decided he'd have a win, um, and he,
1: he likes that, Ars- that he likes that Arsikana course, um, you know, super hilly and and yeah, it, it's it's too bad that the, that the World Triathlon Series doesn't have more events like that one that just, you know, have this epic crazy hard climb that uh, enables the Johnny Brownleys of the world to get out there and control the event and, and power away on the bike. Um,
0: Yeah. It's a long way to go for 55 minutes too.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a fair old hike. Um, And then we had, now I'm gonna I'm gonna the pronunciations is gonna be horrifying. Uh what do you call it? Cray um There it is. Cray uh Laura Phillip and uh Justice Nischlag win there. Uh Kaluchi goes big in Iron Brazil. Uh victory there. And yes. of course we did um wanna to mention too in the um Arza Kena, we did. Want, don't want to um, miss out on the women's results with um, Sandra Daudet from France getting the uh, the victory there.
1: Yes, and then um, it was another. I think another Brazilian took the uh, women's race in Brazil, right? It was. Um, it I was. Seven, um, Oliveira. I haven't that one up yet.
0: Pamela Oliveira got it. Um, yeah, there we go. Lucci's been racing. He's he was super talented. That kid. Um,
1: Oh, I like I feel like he has been well cuz he was this nutty talented 18 19 year old. Yeah. Um he's gone to the Olympics a bunch of times. Uh I don't know if he's still working with Brett Sutton, but he was, you know, certainly a Brett Sutton athlete for a long time. Um and yeah, yeah just uh always been scarily talented um over the years. Yes, no two ways around that. Um, so interesting. I just wanted to uh, for Ironman 70.3 Krakow, Laura Phillip, of course. Um, yeah. no surprise that she's on fire and has a huge race there. You know, so disappointing for her not to be able to go to um, to St. George. She ended up testing positive for COVID, I guess. Um, but Justice Nischlag, um, you know, uh, well, a super league type, right? Like, he, he was uh, involved in the arena games and will be, uh, it sounds like this was his one and done, just walks in, rolls rolls over the field at uh, Kreischau, and then, okay, now I'm off to world triathlon events again. So um, yet another example of just the versatility of a lot of these world triathlon athletes if they want to move up to the longer stuff. Um, It's just interesting how close to an Olympic distance race 70.3 racing has become
0: yes they are almost back them up every weekend and and give them a uh, give him another crack but a uh, lots going on no doubt we'll um, Kevin at 45 we might uh, we might get an early night I might get an early night he might get an early start <laughs> I'm very
1: early morning for me the one thing I did want to uh, mention uh, we've been pushing uh, really hard on the uh, Edmonton uh, event the PTO Canadian open yes. Um, you know that, uh, yeah. I had a great chat with uh, Stephen Bordeaux, and and uh, you know, full disclosure, I'll be announcing at that event, so obviously a little biased, but um, yeah. hope we're you know really kind of hoping, or you know, they are hoping, to make that a major fixture on the Canadian scene. So hopefully, uh, people will you know take notice of that. It's that that 280, 18 distance that. I think is going to be really interesting. So, yeah, hopefully uh we get we get some interest on that front for those folks. Uh, you know, of course it's the same people who put on the worlds and all the uh ITU and World Triathlon events in Edmonton over the years. So.
0: Yeah, well they're expecting a, a <laughs> audience um a live audience to you announce in front of a, I think they were saying 14 or 15 people. Is
1: that right? Ah, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yeah, well, if if we're bringing Triathlon
0: to a third world country, here we go. Oh, nice. Ah, Hello to all my friends in Canada. Um, no,
1: it'll be good. And it's, I don't have to worry about talking about sharks in Horlock Park or Horlock Lake or whatever it is over there. No,
0: it'll be a good one. And I think, um, I think too, Kevin, like kicking out the um, kicking out the that whole idea of the world tour and the world cups and all that is look. It's a good move, and it'll be interesting to see what sort of level standard they get to um, in terms of their coverage, in terms of how it looks and and their media saturation and those sorts of things as well. Um, But, yeah, it's uh, be a fun thing to be a part of. No doubt they are in good hands with you, my friend. Um, But uh, are they highly anticipating a big turnout from the pros is the question.
1: Yeah, this, this is going to be, I am with you 100% there, a million dollar prize purse. And I just, you know, I know that there's a ton of the top Canadian pros who are going in there. Lionel Sanders, Paula Finley will be there. Um, Jackson Laundrie, uh, will be there. Um, and, but after that, you know, I don't think we're going to see a Gustav Eden. Um, I, I'm not sure if Christian Blumenfeld will still be standing um, at that point Um, after all the racing he's done. um, Yeah, that's the big question is, are they going to be able to get all of the big guns there? Like, how much fun would it be to see uh, Jan Frodeno uh, kicking things back with... uh, with an event there
0: so yeah and that's the thing right like if you're a pro these days you're generally just watching the social media of the norwegians and then where they're not that's where you are it's like a blueprint ah. for where to travel
1: oh good grief i hope it's not quite at that point but i fear you're right yes they've got a
0: monopoly and everything at the moment kevin uh thank you very much for your work this uh on this pod um you can be found at the beautiful people at triathlon magazine in canada of course that's where you just just bookmark it get there every day kevin is doing some of the best work in the sport uh around his house he's known as the best triathlon journalist going around um but
1: (laughs) that's actually not always because my son ended up has been doing more writing stuff too um my daughter's now announcing or so yeah i'm I'm not even sure if i get any of those anymore days are numbered dude Absolutely. I'm in trouble.
0: (laughs) Thanks very much again. Triathlon uh, magazine in Canada, of course, you can find me just floating around the Twitter ether doing nothing good. There's uh, nothing good going on there. Uh, We'll be back in another week talking all things triathlon and maybe a little bit more on uh, what actually happened over the weekend. Kevin, thank you. We'll catch you next week.
1: Thanks so much, Phil.
0: This has been Life of Tri. Hit us up on Instagram on the Life of Tri or not. Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of